Numbers 9 today. Yahweh spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Let the children of Israel keep the Passover in its appointed season. On the fourteenth day of this month, at evening, you shall keep it in its appointed season. You shall keep it according to all its statutes and according to all its ordinances. Moses told the children of Israel that they should keep the Passover. They kept the Passover in the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at evening, in the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that Yahweh commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did. There were certain men who were unclean because of a dead body of a man, so that they could not keep the Passover on that day. And they came before Moses and Aaron on that day. Those men said to him, We are unclean because of the dead body of a man. Why are we kept back that we may not offer the offering of Yahweh in its appointed season among the children of Israel? Moses answered them, Wait, that I may hear what Yahweh will command concerning you. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the children of Israel, If any man of you or your generations is unclean by reason of a dead body, or is on a journey far away, he shall still keep the Passover to Yahweh. In the second month, on the fourteenth day, at evening, they shall keep it. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall leave none of it until the morning, nor break a bone of it. According to all the statute of the Passover, they shall keep it. But the man who is clean and is not on a journey and fails to keep the Passover, that soul shall be cut off from his people. Because he didn't offer the offering of Yahweh in its appointed season, that man shall bear his sin. If a foreigner lives among you and desires to keep the Passover to Yahweh, then he shall do so according to the statute of the Passover and according to its ordinance. He shall have one statute, both for the foreigner and for him who is born in the land. On the day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, even the tent of the testimony. At evening it was over the tabernacle as it were the appearance of fire until morning. So it was continually. The cloud covered it and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tent, then after that the children of Israel travelled, and in the place where the cloud remained, there the children of Israel encamped. At the commandment of Yahweh the children of Israel travelled, and at the commandment of Yahweh they encamped. As long as the cloud remained on the tabernacle, they remained encamped. When the cloud stayed on the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept Yahweh's command and didn't travel. Sometimes the cloud was a few days on the tabernacle, then according to the commandment of Yahweh they remained encamped, and according to the commandment of Yahweh they travelled. Sometimes the cloud was from evening until morning, and when the cloud was taken up in the morning they travelled, or by day and by night, when the cloud was taken up they travelled. Whether it was two days, or a month, or a year, that the cloud stayed on the tabernacle, remaining on it, the children of Israel remained encamped and didn't travel. But when it was taken up, they travelled. At the commandment of Yahweh, they encamped. And at the commandment of Yahweh, they travelled. They kept Yahweh's command, and at the commandment of Yahweh, by Moses. 
The first part of this chapter is concerning the Passover, and there was a few people that weren't allowed to celebrate the Passover because they'd touched a dead body. And that was one of the rules that we'd covered back in the older books of Exodus and Leviticus. And these men asked Moses, what shall we do? Because we've touched a dead body. And so Moses sought the Lord, and the Lord said that keeping a Passover was a priority and they should celebrate it a week later. So it just, it just meant that no one was getting out of it. And even though we don't keep the Passover in this manner anymore, there are parallels for us in things like church attendance and making it a priority. I could just imagine in, in the ancient times, you know, some Israelite that didn't feel like keeping the Passover, thinking to himself, how do I get out of keeping this Passover? I know, I'll touch a dead body. <laughs> and then, oh dear, I can't keep it this year. And... Um, the result of that is they don't have to sacrifice a sheep, they save money, they save time. And, uh, but the Lord was saying, no, if, you, if you're unable to, celebrate it a week later, still keep the Passover. If you're traveling, still keep the Passover. So the Lord was saying to the children of Israel, you know, this is what I've asked you to do and it's a priority. And so here we are in New Testament times and the Lord is our feast. We don't need to keep the Passover like that. But there are other things that we should make a priority. And one of those, which I always tell people, is church attendance. I've had times in my own family where uh, we've woken up on a Sunday morning and someone's had a bit of a headache and they said, oh, I don't feel like going to church today. <laughs> it's like, well, no, we're going to church. That's it. And if you give in to those little feelings, soon you have a headache every Sunday morning. And so my, my parallel with this passage for us is that there are certain things that are just so important that the Lord tells us that we should keep them just the same. And I think that attending church, prayer, devoting ourselves to the fellowship of the saints, people, um, the Word of God, these things are all priorities for us and we shouldn't make them second place. The second part of this chapter is it was very practical. It was about the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire and it used to this was God's physical, tangible sign of his presence in the Israelite camp. And any of the Israelites could go out of their little tent and they could look up and they could see uh, that God was physically represented as being with them by this cloud or by the fire. But sometimes the cloud would be up, it would lift up off the tent and they would all know, whoa, we're traveling today. And then so the Lord would lead them uh, in this very physical and obvious way. And um, so often in the Old Testament, there are these very physical things which by the time we get to the New Testament, that they have supposed to have taught us a lesson. And some people think that, you know, those Old Testament things were more real and what we have now is less real, but it's the other way around. What we have got now is the, is the more real thing and what we had back there in the Old Testament is the less real thing. But God had to use physical things to teach us, otherwise we could never have learned the things we've learned now. So in the New Testament, the Lord still leads his people, but he doesn't lead us by a cloud, he doesn't lead us by a fire, but he leads us. And what we are supposed to observe from the Old Testament is that God wants to lead his people day and night. He wants you to be seeking him and know his will day and night. He wants his people 
to be willing to follow him wherever he wants to take you, no matter what the time is. And there are some scriptures in the New Testament that I think enlighten us about this. The first one of these that I would like to read to you is Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may know God's will, his um, good, perfect and pleasing will. So we're supposed to be led of the Lord. We're supposed to know what God's will is so that we can follow him. And the way that we do that is we, uh, we have our minds transformed by seeking him, reading the scriptures, letting his thoughts immerse themselves on us by surrendering to his will so that he is our Lord and he is our guide. In Philippians 1 verse 10, Paul wrote this. He said, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depths of insight, that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So the Lord wants us to be changed by his love so that we know his will. So the Lord is still in the business of leading his people, just like he did in the Old Testament. That was a picture of his intention and his desire and his plan and what he actually does do. And if any of the Israelite was in the camp one day and they looked up and the pillar of the cloud had lifted up and was moving off and everyone was packing up their tents and going and they just decided, well, I don't feel like going, well, they would be left behind and they would miss out on the leading of the Lord because of their own choices. And people still do that today too. People still ignore the leading of the Lord, but it's not safe to do so. And in the Old Testament, if the whole camp had moved off and you were left in the desert on your own, that would be very unsafe because it was in the camp where the manna was. It was in the camp where the Lord provided. And when we follow the Lord's leading, we follow the Lord's guidance and we remain in his love, that's where we are safe. So I encourage you to follow the Lord. Give him your heart. Give him your mind. And uh, be ye transformed as the scriptures say. Lord, I ask you to bless my listeners today. Let these two scriptures, Romans 12, Philippians 1.10, let them be a work that's taking place in their minds and in their hearts. Lord, let them become aware of the knowledge and the love and the power of Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would transform their hearts and their minds for your purposes so that they may be led of the Lord just as the Israelites were all that time ago. In Jesus' name, amen.